Welcome back to the show. Well, for many BC families, the kids in kindergarten to grade nine, report cards have looked a little different this year. Instead of using letter grades or percentages, report cards use a new four-point provincial proficiency scale. The four points, emerging, developing, proficient, and extending, uh, are meant to convey where a student's learning is from initial learning to beginning to grasp uh, different concepts. Now, the proficiency scale emergence, emerging indicates that the student is just beginning to demonstrate learning in relation to the learning standards. There's developing, proficient, and extending. And proficient is the goal for all students, and extending, of course, demonstrates learning in relation to learning standards with increased depth and complexity. Uh, so no A, Bs, and Cs uh, in regards to uh, how yours truly grew up, and many of you out there grew up, of course. Uh, it's a different world out there, and I want to talk a little bit about these changes in regards to how teachers are responding to them and how they feel about it, and also parents as well. Joining me now is Clint Johnston, president of the BC Teachers Federation. Clint, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jazz. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, and I know everybody, a lot of folks have opinions on this. Um, first of all, how are teachers feeling about this change, the ones that uh, were relying on the traditional grading system and then moving over to uh, the emerging, developing, and proficient, and extending um, conversation? Well, I think as, as with a lot of the changes that come about in education, um, they're, they're fine with it in the sense of understanding the philosophy of it, knowing what the intent of it is. Um, as always, it's the implementation um, and what that looks like um, that is definitely causing some stress and some workload issues for some of our members in terms of uh, how to deal it, how to convey learning with it. There's no problem there. Um, it's just in some districts and in some places, uh, you know, as a result of how the district is dealing with it and implementing it, uh, it's turning into a lot more work for them. When you mean a lot more work, uh, how in those specific districts? Well, there's a, there's a few ways that it does. Um, you know, and the learning order updates maintained uh, an idea of uh, minimum frequency for reporting. And some districts are, are kind of taking the ball and running with it, if you will, and requiring uh, much more written reporting than we think that the reporting order asks for. So that adds a workload. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this, this new way of reporting for some has uh, definitely exposed the cracks in the Maya BC system that we knew existed. Um, where teachers are trying to get that work done and the system often kind of falls down, it loses their work, uh, and that adds a lot of work and stress to, to them in a time where they're implementing something new. So there's a lot of different ways, but for some of our members, yeah, it is resulting in more work. I'm curious, as an educator, do you think it's the right way to go? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. Um, you know, I still have two children in the, the education system, um, and one of them is, is getting this kind of reporting this year. Uh, I think it's the right way to go. And I think the, the real stressor that I've always tried to put in these conversations is that parents need to remember this is reporting. This is simply one of the ways that they're finding out how their child is doing. The teaching that's being done, the assessing of the learning, that's all the same. That's not changed. It's simply what's being reported out to you that's different. And we say that the, the most reliable way still for you to understand where your child is at is to go in and speak to your teacher. You know, there's informal reporting as well, twice a year at least. Mm -hmm. um, and those are good opportunities to have conversations to get a really in-depth understanding in addition to this reporting. I'm curious because, you know, um, uh, I didn't have to go through the transition right now. My son's school, they've been doing it before out in Delta. Yeah. Uh, but I still struggle with it because uh, I understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily disagree with you. But yep. sometimes I think, you know, when you have a grade or you have a specific number, 82%, it's much more specific to me as a as a description in regards to how 
let's say my son is doing rather than emerging and developing or whatever other language you may use, it seems very vague. I mean, there has, there is some frustration and I think it's rightfully so from parents that who want a much more specific description and a letter grade does that uh, a certain percentage, 82 out of a hundred does that rather than emerging or proficient, whatever it may be. Uh, it's still, a, it's difficult in regards difficult for parents, I think uh, as well. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I hear you. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, going through school and getting letter grades myself and percentages. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, early on, some of my first children to go through got the same thing. Um, and I definitely, for some of us uh, who've done that, it's much easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real question isn't whether it's easy to understand. Uh, the real question is, is how well does it convey? And, uh, you know, numbers are really nice. They're clear, 82 out of 100, like you said. But you have to then dig down, like, where did that come from? And which parts of a child's learning are easy to quantify into those numbers and percentages and which are really difficult to and require actually some conversation and a, and a more uh, descriptive way of explaining where a student is at. Because I think that's part of what the change was predicated on is there are some things that can be quantified into numerical and therefore letter grades, mm-hmm. um, but there are some pieces of learning that really can't be quantified like that and that possibly were being missed out on. So um, I understand the ease. I understand... Uh, uh, you know, that a, that letter being being really clear for some people, though, what's the difference between an A and an A plus or a B and an A when it's half a percentage, really? Um, but I think it's that digging down, getting a good description of where your student's at that mm-hmm. is uh, the benefit of this. And it'll take some getting used to for some people, for sure. Yeah, it's still, I think you raised a good, very good point. It still means mom and dad should be paying attention to what the kids are doing, uh, staying engaged with the teachers as well in their respective grades. Um, you know, I think there's still going to be parents uh, that will look at this and say, look, my kids are going to compete against uh, kids from China and India and other kids from around the world. We're emphasizing so what are you learning over achievement? And I'm not saying that's not a that's that's a that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but some parents would still rather see rather see achievement because that's how you're going to be judged in the re- real world, or that's how it's perceived they're going to be judged in the real world, and they still like to see those grades uh, rather than some of these broader uh, descriptors. What would you say to those parents? Well, I think um, you know I understand that perception again i think you and i if i may are both of a generation where that's probably the prevalent um kind of thinking the perception but uh you and i could have a long conversation as well about whether people are really going to be judged on merit and competing or whether there's other things that happen once you leave the school world you know um how you measure someone's achievement in a, in a workplace is arguably as as complicated and difficult as how you how you uh, measure somebody's achievement in a classroom. So I, I'm not 100% sure I buy that argument. Um, mm-hmm. I think that what is important indeed is a student's learning. Um, you know, it's lovely when you look at PISA and see how we're doing against other other countries, I guess, for some people, but that doesn't really tell you how much each student has learned, how far they've gotten along um, their path, how far they can get. Um, and that really is what's important. So I, I hear that concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a professional and as a parent, actually, I want to know how my student's doing and what they've learned. And if it means I don't know exactly how they measure up against another mathematics student from a different jurisdiction, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this ends in grade nine, and then you go to the traditional letter grades in 10, 11, and 12, and that is what you send as transcripts to colleges and universities. Do you ever see that changing? Uh, you know, it's a conver- it's an ongoing conversation. There are jurisdictions where this extends all the way up to graduation. Um, it's an ongoing conversation. There is obviously one of the real uh, points that would have to be ironed out is how you transition from the K-12 system then to primarily post-secondary education. 
of whatever form it is, college, university, or even some trades. So there would be things to be worked out, but it's a, it's a piece of conversation in different places. I'm not saying I certainly see it coming down the road here, um, but I also wouldn't rule it out because uh, when you look at the philosophy of how to assess, engage someone's learning, mm-hmm. uh, it shouldn't really change uh, just because their age, age increases. Um, so I can't say it's coming, but it's certainly conversations have been had about that type of thing, yes. Yeah, the reason I ask that is it, it, it's interesting to say that we believe this new grading system is the right way to go, but we abruptly stop it in grade nine, and then we go to the traditional system after that. And so the, to me, there's a bit of a contradiction there, because the universities still aren't recognizing the new system uh, here and, and many other universities as well. So I think that is a broader conversation that still has to happen. It's definitely a broader conversation, and um, you know the nicest way I'll put it is that uh, large institutions have a pace of change that doesn't accommodate quick change, right? So you're you've got some very large institutions when you're talking about K to twelve public education and post secondary. Yeah. Um, so the ability to get some fairly significant shifts like that. Uh, they're going to take time no matter how we approach it. Clint, uh, look forward to having you in the studio soon. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jess.